Hi, my name is Sherman. My name is Amaya. And welcome to Drag It Out. So this is uh, another episode. And today we thought we'd come in with a little deep slash love slash romance scenario. So um, technically I'm going to let Amaya take over because this is kind of like her baby that she kind of introduced to me. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I had been on Instagram and I saw this post that kind of interests me. And it was about the three love theory. So it's it just kind of makes you look at your love experiences in a different way and kind of how all the steps that it took for you to get to where you are right now, since we're both in a committed relationship and we've both have past relationships that we talk about. Uh, I thought this would be an interesting topic for us to get into. Um, and so I guess we will jump right in. So <laughs> the first love, um, the theory is that this is the most intense love. It is all-consuming puppy-type love. You know, we think it'll last forever. It's kind of like your high school relationship or college maybe. Uh, and you just, you feel it so deeply. And then when it ends, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that <laughs> yeah, it's like like this happened. Love. Yes. And so then once you're older, you kind of look back and you're like, wow, that wasn't really love. That was more infatuation than actually loving that person true i can relate to that so what would you say would be your first well it's kind of hard so it's like two so my first real little puppy puppy love actually started in middle school there was this guy i had a crush on he did not like me <laughs> but i was persistent for a whole year oh i was just trying to get anywhere i could to be around this man and he didn't really notice <laughs> but then one day he was like oh there's this girl that keeps following me everywhere. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, yeah, it's me. I like you. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll give it a try. And he just kind of blew me off the entire time of our relationship. We would go like three months, him not texting me. Oh my and God. I was just like accepting that. Don't know why. But then once high school ended, I was like, okay, I'm really done with this dude. I had to move on. I went to college uh, like two hours away from my hometown. And then I met my real first first love and that one was kind of all consuming i'm with this person all day every day unless we had class and then after class we were together and everyone would see us walking around campus and like oh my god y'all are so cute together and it was very intense and then once it ended it was like i hope i don't see this person but he lived on the floor right above me so wow. <laughs> i definitely had to see him again for the next semester and it was awkward when people were like oh my god did y'all break up why aren't you together all the time he's like well <laughs> what do you want me to say yeah that would be kind of awkward especially you're in college though right yeah. so like hopefully you found ways to like avoid him or just not like leave your room oh no i was leaving my room <laughs> at that point i was like i'm going all out i'm gonna be a new person because i had met him like a month into me starting college so that's why it was kind of like a head dive into it i was away from my parents for the first time you know i just felt like i have all this freedom i can do whatever i want and i really took advantage of it with him and so it was after him it was kind of like what do i do now how do i kind of shape my adult life what, what do you, you know do you next? were an adult I, yeah i was like a i was a little bit of an adult <laughs> okay interesting 
Um, I guess it's my turn to talk about my first. So I would have to say my first was like my first ever boyfriend. I, in my personal story podcast, I talked about that relationship, but like, I would say he was my first like relationship that was really like adult serious. And I'm not trying to like undermine like other people's age range because high school people can feel the exact same intense, like feelings and stuff. So when I was with when we were together, it was like we were around each other all the time. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy because he approached me and, like, I had no interest in, like, finding a boyfriend or even talking to anybody. I was happy, like, being, like, successful and trying to get my own life together, get my shit together, <laughs> being a college student. And he just came up to me and was like, hey, um, can I talk to you? And we were going to the mall with a bunch of friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, like, pulled back because I thought he was about to tell me something deep because we was in a minority male mentoring club. So I was kind of just, like, I was kind of, like, the more mature one that was kind of, like, you know, they came to and they talked to. So he was just like, hey, I just want you to know um, I had a dream about you last night. And I was like, what? I was like, I'm sorry, what was this? Like, were you murdering me? Like, (laughs) what was going on? And he was just like, no. He was like, I, he was just like, it was just like one of those sex dreams. And I was like, okay, I don't get get what you're getting at. He was like, I, I kind of like you. And I was like, oh, okay. And then, like, we started hanging out as just friends. And I entertained the idea. And I met his mom and everything. And then, like, we just, I don't know. I don't think we ever just said we're together. But we just ended up just being together all the time. And we were yeah. just attached and then I got my own place and then he got his own place and like we lived in the same apartment complex and everything but we didn't live together we lived in separate apartments I just didn't want that pressure Mm -hmm. you know so yeah and it the breakup was bad it was like Titanic sinking bad like Rose survived and Jack died bad like (laughs) (laughs) nobody died but like you cannot tell me I was not dying like I felt like I was like, I honestly felt like my heart was breaking in my body, mm-hmm. and I could not, like, fight the feeling. And I remember we broke up. I went home for Christmas break, and while I was at home, I was in the living room. I was trying to, like, laugh with family and enjoy the Christmas break. Mm-hmm. And then I remember my, I was in the living room one night, and I wasn't feeling good. My mom came in there, and then, like, I laid my head on her, and then, like, I just started crying. And she was like, it's okay. And she was like, even though she, like, wasn't really at that time supportive of my lifestyle. Yeah. Um, we um I just remember her being like well you said you, she was like you used to write why don't you just write about it and I remember staying up until like four in the morning every night of my winter break mm-hmm. just like writing and writing and I wrote from the moment I met him to like everything that happened on both ends even parts that I felt like I mean I'm a little biased because it is my point of view yeah. but I tried to be as honest as possible about the things that I did and how I was because I was clingy mm-hmm. I was like I was kind of just like, I want to achieve this. I want this in my life. And all he was was like, I just want to make enough money to get high. And I'm just like, I that ain't what I want. Like, I want to be a fucking boss-ass bitch, Bonnie and Clyde, Jay-Z, Beyonce, like Hillary Clinton. You had goals. <laughs> yeah, like Obama and, well, wasn't in office then. But, you know, like, I wanted that. And he didn't mm-hmm. want that. He just wanted, I just want to make money to get high and pay mm-hmm. my bills and live my life comfortable and play video games. And I was just like, yeah. those aren't, those are fine. Like if you, like as hobbies, but like you still should have some. Something to strive to. Yeah, and y'all were so young. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, long story short, I wrote everything down and then somehow the story leaked online. 
Um, uh-huh. So, mysteriously. Yeah, mysteriously, the story linked online, but it wasn't me. It really was not me. It got online. It was Gossip Girl. Yeah, it was dramatic. It was a lot of drama. It was a lot of, like, death threats, and I'm going to beat your ass type shit. Not from my ex, but from, like, the guy he cheated on me with. Because that's why oh, we ultimately wow. broke up, was he cheated on me, mm-hmm. and then I wrote a story about it. It got online, and then the guy who had a baby mama and was supposedly straight, was like yeah that whole scenario was like drama oh my god that is you topped mine <laughs> well i mean yeah it, it, was, it was pretty bad but yeah that was my first like i just really felt like i loved him but like you said looking back on it now it was just infatuation mm-hmm. even at the next relationship after that i realized like no i didn't really love you i think it was my first relationship and i just wanted to be around you all the time and i was infatuated with you and yep. you were my first sexually and in so many other areas mm-hmm. that it's like I like to think of it as like when you when you're a baby and it's your first time eating chocolate and you're like, Oh my god, give me more of that. I, want I more. need it. Just stuff your face yeah, with it like, as much give as you me can. As much get. as possible. And then your mom's trying to like rip it out of your hand and you're yep. just like, No, I need it and then you get sick and you're yeah. like, Maybe I shouldn't do this again. And that's exactly how it was for me. It was just like yeah. I was not in love with that person. I mm-hmm. was infatuated with the idea of love and mm-hmm. what that new feeling was. Like, because everyone knows when you first start getting to know someone and falling for somebody yeah. It's like this drug. It's like it really is. I, I've always said that. I feel like there's a chemical in your brain that changes when you meet a person that you're really attracted to and they're attracted to you. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can just smell it in the air. Yeah. And it, it really drives you to do some crazy stuff. Um, I mean, mine wasn't as bad as yours, but I do remember the whole heartbreak of it all. I was like crying on my mama's couch. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> I have to see this man again. And... But I feel like I got over it kind of quickly because of the same thing with you. Like, for me, I was like, oh, I'm going to do all of these things. I had my plans. Not necessarily saying that I've achieved those plans right now. But I was like, I'm going to do these things. What are you going to do? And he just kind of was like, I don't know. I'm not sure. And every time a dude kind of did that to me in my past, I'm like, nope. Turn off. Like, I want you to have plan A. Through Z. Yeah. And I've said it's that. I'm like, to I have someone that knows what they want. Because yes. that kind of shows in a relationship. Like, you know mm-hmm. what you want. Like, if you're after me, then you want me. Exactly. But if you're like, I don't know about anything in life, then are you sure about what you want from me? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you say you know what you want me, but you don't know every other aspect of your life set yeah. up. So you cannot seriously think you know yourself that well. Yeah. And I think looking back, that was kind of a high yeah. <laughs> standard to set. We were so young. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just. I felt so mature. I'm, I've always been kind of ahead of the people in my age range. So he was the same age as me. So I was already kind of like, I feel like I'm pulling you up with me, but I want you to be pulling me, honestly, or at least we're walking down the same path. It's, and it's crazy because it's hard. Yeah, it is. How old were you in that relationship? 18. I See, think, yeah. I was, I think I was like 21, 22. Mm-hmm. So I was probably 22 most likely. Yeah. I remember I was. I was watching, so I was going to community college. Mm-hmm. I went to Pitt Community College in Greenville, North Carolina. So my brother lived very close. They got an apartment mm-hmm. on purpose to live close because I came from a small town and Greenville was the city to us, right? Crazy Greenville, North Carolina <laughs> was the city to us. So when we moved to Greenville, North Carolina, we was just like, oh my God, like we got this nice house. And then I was, and we had things, we had things arranged to when we moved there. My brother was working his first job, his, his, uh, Wife at the time had just got a new job. Mm-hmm. And then the kids were in school. I would do my classes in the morning, get home by three 
so I could be there to babysit the kids because they didn't want to pay for a babysitter. It was expensive. So I would watch the kids until they got home. Then when they got home is when I went out with my friends and I did and I did stuff. But like, yeah. And I just remember like I was on my shit. I was like, I was watching three kids. I was freaking going to school in the morning. And then eventually I got a job and then they had to get a daycare. Oh, the kids was old enough to take care of themselves to yeah. a certain extent. So they kind of like, I'm not trying to put nobody on blast. Because, you know, <laughs> nowadays the government come out there and they find out you let your kids stay by themselves at a young age. I mean, we all stay by ourselves when we were I younger. Know. When so. I was young, my mom and I would leave us and be like, we're going to the store. Like, don't touch the door. Don't play with fire. Mm-hmm. Don't kill yourself. That was the rules. Yeah. So and I hope you're alive when you get home. So, yeah, that relationship, that relationship was the foundation of, like, me being first heartbroken and being in love. And it really set me up for, like, the rest of my relationships and how I wasn't going to really take shit mm-hmm. from nobody. Exactly. Oh, yes. I, yeah. I mean, I was, I think I was on my way at that time to getting my own car. I had just done it right in the semester before. I was like, so I had my own car. I was in college. I knew exactly what I wanted to do and when I wanted to do it. I was making plans to get an apartment. So I was still in the planning phase, but I was, like, actively working to do it. And then... I would start dating guys, and they're like, yeah, I'm still living at home. And I'm like, mm. Mm, Yeah. Mm, no. <laughs> but, oh, it really does. It, it just set me up for the next thing, because I was like, okay, now I know I want to do it at least with the car, so but you see, can come pick me up. True, and I think that's something that people should do, and they should analyze. What I see a lot of times when I was growing up, and even nowadays, is people jump from one relationship to the mm-hmm. next trying to get over the last person. But that's not necessarily the best thing. Sometimes it's good to, like, sit with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and say, where did it go wrong? And even if it wasn't yeah. anything serious for you, then it needs to be like, well, do I want to waste people's time? Mm-hmm. Or do I want to be like... And not every relationship has to be serious. It could just be like, oh, we're friends, we're getting to know each other, we're having fun. Bam. But at the same time, you want to, like... I don't, I never dated just to date, right? Like, I, I didn't do that. I I just wasn't in my cards. Like, I didn't date, like, at 22. I was like, I'm going to get married. Mm-hmm. No, it was just kind of like, I don't want to waste my time. I yeah. know what I want. I want to graduate. I want to get two degrees. I want to have a career. I want all of these things. And love, I can only speak for myself. Mm-hmm. Love is the biggest distraction for me. When I'm in a relationship, it becomes a distraction for me for my goals because i think back to my life when i was younger when i was committed before i even had sex mm-hmm. i was just a nerd really smart dedicated myself to meeting goals yeah. as soon as i had sex the first time and i got that high moment the switch. I, was, I was just like oh this is what i want <laughs> i want this. but that's the human drive i think it's we crave affection we crave touch we want all of these things and so once you taste it for the first time you're like i need this forever yeah. what what is the point of everything else and i would say it's a good and a bad thing i've definitely been one to be distracted by love but I think once I take time, like you said, to like sit back and think about it, I was like, wow, that was a big distraction. Like, mm-hmm. you got to work on your goals, girl. And you want someone that you can do that with, right? That's mm-hmm. why it's important that you make sure you're compatible when you're talking to someone. Even mm-hmm. if y'all don't, if you don't see yourself with that person in the future and you're just trying to fill out what you are, this should at least encourage you and not, and not be a distraction from your goals, right? If you ever date somebody and... I will say this has happened to me before, and it was just like, oh, I have to be to work in the morning. Well, why don't you just call out and we'll spend the night together? Like, that's kind of a red flag because, one, it'll be different if, like, 
you could do it or like your job was lenient. But like mm-hmm. to call out last minute for your job and they want you to prioritize them or one, the biggest red flag ever is if they're asking you to like spend money on them and like take care of them constantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, ain't we both grown? Mm-hmm. Don't you got a job? Yeah. Like, no. you know, <laughs> and that was a lot of my relationships. It was like me being the stable one. Mm-hmm. And then they weren't necessarily, I won't say on the same level because that wasn't really what it was for me. For me, it was just like they just weren't like putting effort into wanting to know where they wanted to go mm-hmm. in life. And I get it. Sometimes you don't know. And sometimes you think you know what you're doing. And then you get to that end goal of yeah. what you want. And you're like, you know, this isn't working out. And I can That's respect fine. that. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, if I'm dating somebody and you don't like your career anymore and you want to change it. I'd be like, okay, let's sit down and look, look, look at things financially. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you really are miserable at your job then let's find a way for you to transition. Or if yeah. you want to go back to school, we can find a way where we might have to downsize on things that we do mm-hmm. if I'm paying the bills by myself. And then you can, you know, go back to school and focus on you. And then when you get ready, I'm not going to say I'm going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to still be on my grind. But maybe I want to trade. Like, yeah. you know, I want to change. change. Yeah, mm-hmm. change roles. And it's, relationship is not always like 50-50. Never. I mean, and people say it needs to be 100-100, but that's not realistic like i say on any given day i could be 50 i could be 30 i could Mm -hmm. be 100 so to expect someone to be always at 100 in a relationship i think it's unattainable i want a partner who will meet me where i'm at if i'm at 30 they need to be at 70 so then we balance it out and vice versa and i want to be able to be the extra that they may need that day or that week or that month because we go through hard patches as an adult and like yeah, sometimes I, you wake up and you just be like, I don't give a fuck about work. I yeah. don't want to be bothered. Leave me alone. And you're significant other, like, you, for one, do not assume they know how you feel. You should at least express. Like, some, yes, it is true some people can pick up on your feelings and know, mm-hmm. okay, babe is going through something. I'm going to try to see what I can do yep. to help. But sometimes you need to communicate with your significant other on a level where you know how they like to receive either love, affection, or how they need to be handled when they're dealing with something that's stressful or they're irritated or somebody in the family died, right? Because mm-hmm. some people assume, like, if like if a family member dies, just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, right? With mm-hmm. me, it's different because I don't process. I don't ever, like, for me, when it comes to death in families, in my family, I don't process it. Like, I, it's not real until I go to the funeral. No mm-hmm. matter how much I know they're dead, I know I can't call them. But it never hits me until I go to the funeral and I see the body or I see the coffin in the grave. Mm -hmm. That's when it hits me. And that's when I need my significant other. Prior to that, it's just like day-to-day life. Like me not accepting or realizing that it's Mm -hmm. 100% true and it happened. And once I'm in that moment and I see my family member dead or whatever happened or somebody close to me, then that's when I'm just like, I'm not okay. Yeah. You need them there to like help you. Cause I remember at my grandma's funeral, we, so she died back in 2020, but then we just had the funeral in 2022 and I was like, I'm going to be all right. It's been two years. It is a sore spot, but I should be okay. And I had written a little bit of something and I got up there and I just burst into tears and, uh, or me and my husband, he came up and he held me and it kind of made it worse to start crying more, but <laughs> But that just having that person there and that comfort, it really just, it really helps you get through those hard patches. And that's where a time where I was at zero and he had to be at 100 for me. And I really appreciated that. Oh, that's sweet. So <laughs> what was the next love? Okay, the next love is, 
This is your second love. It's a roller coaster. It's filled with dizzying highs and devastating lows. Um, And once you meet this person, you kind of you're a little bit more mature. You're starting to see things. You have the knowledge from your first heartbreak and you kind of know what you're ready for in the second one. And you're just ready and eager to fall in love. Um, But in this love, you will see red flags and choose to ignore them. (laughs) And you're just like, I'm going to keep driving. It'll get better. (laughs) No, it does not get better. (laughs) It gets worse. But you don't know that at that time. You're still very kind of green and you're just waiting for this. So usually in the end of the second love, the red flags are what is your downfall. The things you chose to ignore in the beginning kind of shoot you in the foot in the end. So does that mean like you end up hurt or like you just come to a realization and you're the one that break up? It could be both. I mean, Mm. it's an experience in my personal experience. I mean, this one, my second love dragged on for about four years. It was a long love, (laughs) but it was very on again, off again, that toxic highs and lows. We'd have a great moment and then it would be down the next week and It really was the things that in the beginning I saw that were red flags. Those were the things in the end that continued to be the red flags. They just got bigger until I could not ignore them. Mm. I mean, I remember the, so I met this dude and you know, well, I don't, I don't think we actually had sex the first night. So bravo to me, (laughs) but like a little while later we did. And then a week or two into the relationship or maybe a month, I don't know, it was less than a month of time. I'm at his house and I see a condom on the floor and I'm like, that's interesting because I haven't been here for a while and I don't think we used that. And I took a photo of it. I remember I sent it to my best friend. I was like, isn't this suspicious? I should say something. And I think I said like a little comment like, hmm, you have a condom here. He's like, no, that was from us. So that was already doubts in my head. And then later on, it turns out a lot of the reasons why we were breaking up again and off is because he was cheating on me. And he would break up with you just so he could cheat? Yes. I mean, sometimes we would be together and he was cheating on me. And then later he'd be like, once we're in the break, he's like, I have something to tell you. (laughs) I cheated on you. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I should have noticed it in the beginning. Like, I went in like, oh, I don't want it to be serious. And I just, the infatuation hit me again. And this was a person who I would say... I think my brain chemistry altered the most for, if that makes sense. I don't know. Just that person, just being around him, smelling him, it kind of made me crazy. It made me ignore everything. It was like, I'm in a fog of smoke of this man. And I hate that I became that person, but it also taught me that I can love so deeply. I can give someone my everything Mm. And they can still walk over me. <laughs> so I really have to kind of value myself. Like, I can give you all of me, but at what cost? Yeah, to and yourself. It's myself. And, but at that point, I was just like, I'm going to give him all this love, and he will love me back one day. And one way or another, this this will be my person. Mm. I guess he didn't end up being your person. No, he's not. <laughs> no, I'm very happy I didn't because, like, I would envision our life together. But my dream of it would be me being alone and then him coming in every once in a while to kind of, like, use mm. me as a consolation prize. So oh. I'm basically by myself. So, like, I realistically in my mind knew the outcome, but I didn't want to accept it. Well, I'm glad that you 
eventually saw those red flags and yeah. realized it was four years later. <laughs> four years later, it took four years. You know, it only took God seven days to make. <laughs> <laughs> Is that supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> and it took you. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not. People have been in longer, more toxic relationships than that. That is true. And there were some off again parts in that four years. Just by the four year mark, I was like, I am really done with you. Block you on everything. You stay blocked. We do not talk anymore. Wow. So, hmm, I'm gonna make mine very brief because. I, I've she had knows this already, but um, my second love. Uh, his name was Frankie. And I remember my best friends, they were in a relationship. And it's also my goddaughter's parents. They were just like, oh my God, we got this guy who you should meet. Y'all be perfect for each other. And I'm like, y'all never hooked me up with anybody. And the guys that I've been choosing have been trash. So why not? They showed me a photo of him. I was like, this guy's not real. This is, <laughs> this is like, y'all, y'all going to catfish me. This is a joke. This was before catfish was even a show. So I was like, this is a joke, right? Like this guy can't be real. And I remember him being like, he's going to meet up with you to give me his number. We talked on the phone and text a little bit. And then he wanted to meet me. So he met me. And I remember him getting out the car. I lied to you not. It was like my first, it was like seeing a celebrity for the first time in your life mm-hmm. that you like, it was like, I'm never going to run into this person. Yes. I'm never going to see this person. <laughs> he got out of the car. He was tall. He was his, He was uh, Hispanic. He His name was Frankie. He was like beautiful to me in every way. I was like, and I knew when he got in my car and he spoke to me, I was like, this is a problem. Because in my mind, I was like you, I was blinded mm-hmm. by like his presence, his smell, his aura. Like I was so infatuated with someone that I had met in like a second. I was like, oh my God, this is not good. This is a problem. But I just let it go because I was just like, listen, if I'm, if Channing Tatum giving me a chance, I'm going <laughs> to take it, bitch. Like how often Always. do you get a chance to like be like, damn. This person cannot really be attracted to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say like I'm unattractive, but like for me, it was at that time it was just like I'd only dated to be fair, very unattractive guys. So, <laughs> you know, I was just like, listen, You're excited. Yeah, this I was is like, new. damn, he's fine. And I just remember like our relationships definitely had red flags at the beginning. One, he lived six hours away from me, mm, so I was driving six hours every other that's week. That's another state, right? No, no, no. It was it was uh, the other side of the state. I what, guess. What, what did I say? Appalachian Mountains. Oh, or, yeah, Oof. yeah. It was in the mountains, and I was driving to see him. And I, I had my first right out of college, my first professional career, mm-hmm. and I was dating him. We don't. We were only together for a year, so it was not like a long time of toxic mm-hmm. relationship. But it was toxic. We, I, and I'm just gonna say this. I remember we had several moments where we argued and stuff. Like, okay, one. I went to go visit him. Not only am I getting off work at 5 o'clock on a Friday, I'm driving six hours to the mountains fresh out of work. My clothes are in the back of my car with my suitcase. I get off work. I drive six hours. And then he's like, hey, me and my friends want to go to the club. I'm just getting there at 12, and they want to go to the club. I'm still young, so Mm -hmm. I'm in my 20s. I'm like, I can do this. Whatever. Let's go. Just rally. Take shots. Go to the club. Have fun. I remember we was at the club. Guys looked at him anyway because he was very attractive, very Mm -hmm. tall. I remember... He never really entertained any of them in front of me. But I remember his friend, I won't say his name, but his friend had a guy that he was interested in. And the guy came to the club. I'm going to tell you something. 
I learned to trust my intuition from that first relationship. Yeah. When man, he cheated on me and I was like, you cheating on me? And he was like, no, I'm not. You crazy to think I would cheat on you with a straight guy. We just friends and we just smoked together. So I was like, I'm trusting my intuition. We walked in, walked in the club. Kirby was like, oh, that's the guy over there. That's my friend. I, I want y'all to meet. I'm, he's so attractive. And I'm in that. He walks up to us immediately. As soon as he walked up to us, he is, as he's walking us, he is staring my boyfriend Frankie down. I'm like, I could feel it. I was like, oh, he wants to fuck mm-hmm. my man. And I just remember, like, he came over, he spoke, whatever. Several times throughout the relationship, he would be like, oh, such and such and so want to hang out with me. And I'm like, I'm telling you, he's attracted to you. I know it. He was like, he's not. You're just being... So, and I'm like, how the oh, fuck am I Oh, that's gaslighting. I fucking hate like, that. Like, Sorry, but... Ugh. Yeah, before gaslighting existed. Yeah. Damn, I'm so mad. So, <laughs> he was gaslighting me. He was telling me, oh, no, 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 no. He, it's not like that. I would never do that to you. After, after he broke up with me, he admitted months later, because we were still kind of keeping in communication. He was mm-hmm. like, yeah, um, after we broke up, such and such came to me and was like, I was always attracted to you. And I said... Was then I not fucking right? know it? We're not together. <laughs> I can't say nothing, but I know, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I told you. Well, nothing ever happened. I was like, but it doesn't matter. He was waiting to make his move. Mm-hmm. I mean, he respected because some people would have just fucking made that move regardless. But True. at the same time, he was waiting for us to break up or for something to happen, us to get in a fight. Plus, he would always want to hang out with you and study the guy that he claimed he was interested mm-hmm. in, even though they was boyfriends. Because he just wanted to be around him. Yeah, he just, trap wanted, him. yeah he just wanted to be around so he could see any way he could slide in through the door. So I ended up being right. And anyway, that was that scenario. Another scenario was I went to pick him up one time and we was coming. One, he didn't, he wanted me to pick him up down the road. So he didn't even want me to come to his family's house to pick him Ooh, up, right? It was a whole thing about like his... Hispanic family not being okay with dating interracially because they knew he was gay and I'm just like hmm red flag but you that know man. people family is people family I'm not gonna like you know sometimes you don't get along with everybody family mm-hmm. so anyway long so short we head to Greenville North Carolina I get us a hotel room we're supposed to be staying in a hotel room we get in an argument about something I can't remember to tell you right now but I when I say our highs were high when we were great, we were great. But when we got in arguments, that shit was toxic. We never got physical, but it was always like arguing, mm-hmm. yelling. And I remember we was in a car. I pulled to the side of the road because we were arguing about something. And I was like, this is just ridiculous. I don't want to argue. And then he said, and he was like, well, I'm getting out. Pop the fucking trunk. And I was like, oh, he tested oh me, God. bitch. I'm going to pop the trunk. So mm-hmm. I popped the motherfucking trunk. This bitch get out of my car, grab his suitcase, <laughs> slam my trunk door. See, I was always <laughs> like, I'm wrong, but you slammed my motherfucking trunk. And mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, no. That's that ain't going down. That's yeah, like, we're done. So I put my car in drive, I drive off, and then he go walking down the road with his suitcase. And I'm just like, and then I got like maybe 30 seconds down the road. And I was like, oh my God, this is not me. I mm-hmm. don't like... I don't like this. I don't understand how, like, his high, like, his anger make my anger intensify. It's almost Mm -hmm. like we test each other, like, how far we could push each other. So, long story short, I turn back around, I pull up, and he's walking, and I'm slowly driving beside him. I'm like, get in the car, get in the car. He's like, I'm not getting in the fucking car. And I'm like, get in the motherfucking car. And then I pop, and I push the door open, and he got in the car, put his stuff in the trunk, and I was like, and I thought so. And then he looked at me, and he smiled, and I was like, oh, this is toxic. Is that devil, like, just your cat? It's just like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. I want my man to tell me what to do. And I'm like, I'm not that person. Like, I don't like confrontation. I mean, I do like confrontation, but not like 
Not like with not the like person that. I'm dating, right? Not to the point where we're yelling and arguing at each other. So that relationship was very toxic. He ended up breaking up with me because he was just like, I'm going to New York to, to um, work at a BET event. It was a BET Awards. Mm-hmm. So he went to New York and he, because he, he was so excited. I was happy for him. I was like, shit, you can be an assistant. Even if he was back there handing people clothes and water, it mm-hmm. don't matter, bitch. You, you can network and make get your way in the door. So he went. He was there for a whole week. The whole week he was there, he might have texted me twice. Ooh. And I was like, this is not good. Mm-hmm. And I think he, I can't speak for him, but from my perspective, I think he went to New York and saw that, like, he felt like he didn't want me to, like, either one, leave New, leave North Carolina because mm-hmm. I'm a small country boy and go to a super big, you know, city or town trying to conform to that lifestyle and it might not be for me. But for me, it was just like, you didn't even have a conversation. You didn't even yeah. want to have a conversation about what the future could possibly look like. Mm-hmm. And even if it wasn't with me, I could respect that. Just tell me. So he broke up with me via text message when he got back in town. And then I wasn't even, like, salty about it because, like, I knew the red flags between the ups and downs. The simple fact that I knew, like, I overlooked all of that because, one, the sex was amazing. amazing. <laughs> Two, he was the most attractive guy I'd ever seen in my life. Yep. And he was tall. And he met all the criteria that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the end of the day, it just, you know, I accepted the fact that we weren't compatible. And it hurt still. But at the same time, I was just kind of like... And plus, mind you, that was a very dark moment in my life. I lost yeah. my job. Mm-hmm. My first job. But, like, they did not renew my contract. And then my boyfriend broke up with me like a month later. Then I was just like, damn. And, you know, at this point, if I if this was the old Sherman who with the first relationship that felt like, oh, the world's coming to an end, oh, I would have jumped off a bridge. <laughs> yeah, like this was really the end. Yeah. whole world crumbling down. No oh. job. You know, boyfriend just broke up with you. Like, mm-hmm. where do I go? I moved back to my hometown where nothing was there to yeah. pursue a job where I was promised that I would get into the IT department, mm-hmm. but I didn't even, the job I took wasn't even for the IT department. It was for like a registrar's assistant. And I didn't know shit about that job, but I had to learn it mm-hmm. on the fly, which I did. But like, I didn't get introduced to the IT thing yeah. that I was promised. So, you know, it was a very low moment in my life. But the craziest thing, and I told my nephews and I told my brothers this all the time, even though that was the lowest point of my life, I couldn't tell you exactly what happened in those like three, four months, because I think it was like September, August when mm-hmm. my contract ended, and then October when he broke up with me. And then I just remember like applying to ECU. Mm-hmm. I remember getting into ECU, not really telling anybody, and then like looking for an apartment online, sign, filling out the paperwork. Go, like I did all of that within like two to three months, and then January wow. rolled around for the first semester. And I told my mom, I was like, hey, I'm packing up my car. I'm going back to Greenville. I'm moving back to Greenville and I got an ECU. And my mom was like, What? You got an ECU? I was like, Yeah. She was like, When did all this happen? I was like, I don't know. I just, it's, I just. You're in a haze when you go through yeah. that breakup. It's, I'm, I remember when I went through that breakup, it was. I was like a ghost walking around because also everything at the same time started happening. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I remember driving home after one of the breakups and I was just kind of like, What if I just turn my wheel just a little bit it was just such a dark and depressing Mm -hmm. time i i flunked out of all of my classes that semester i was also living with my mom which was killing me and it was just everything all at once he broke up with me i was failing this was when i had just moved back into my hometown and i i just couldn't deal and i think a week later i crashed my car oh no i was really i was on the edge the ledge I was about to jump and 
thankfully I kind of got my stuff back together. I, I picked it up the next semester. I really stayed focused and then I got all A's. So I know it was just my brain fog dealing with that relationship. But just in those, I think it was like three to six months. It was a very short time period. I remember we were together. And then over the summer, he was in the military. So over the summer, he had to do like a basic training in another state. And I was like, okay, before you left, like, you're gonna, we're still gonna be together, right? And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just training. That's it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna be out in the forest with a bunch of other dudes. So I, you'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like two months come by, he's texting me and I invited him on my family trip. So, and all of my family had known that he was coming. Our friends were coming too, like my best friend, my sister's boyfriend, her best friend, oh. like every everybody. Oh. This was like a 20 person trip that we were going on. Uh-huh. And then like a week before the trip, he's like, oh yeah, when I was up in that other state, I cheated on you. With the girl who was, and I was already insecure because he had never dated anyone like me. He didn't seem interested in anyone like me. And it was with a girl that was the opposite of me. And I'm just like, so both things hit me. I'm like, damn, first, I feel like you don't like me. And two, you really freaking cheated on me. So yeah, and then we had to go on the trip. And I'm like, yeah, you can sleep outside in your car because fuck you. So he actually went. Yeah, he went. When did he sleep? In your room. Yeah, he did. Because uh, yeah. I took him back <laughs> like a clown. I have a clown makeup on heavy at that period of my time. I'm like, And I didn't tell anybody because I was so embarrassed. I was like, if I tell my friends and my family about this, they're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You're drinking dumb bitch juice. And I was. Yeah. And so I just, I kept it quiet. I'm crying. I, actually, I don't think he told me before the trip. I think he told me on the trip while mm-hmm. he was already there. And so I couldn't like let him go because then it was embarrassing to me. Yeah, I think he told me when I was, when it was there. And I remember I had like this dramatic moment. I ran outside crying and everything. And everybody's oh, like, what's God. wrong with you? And I'm like, yeah, nothing, nothing's wrong. And so by the end of the weekend, he was just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, I didn't mean it. And then I took him back like a dummy. So, and then... Like a month later is when the breakup happened. My the classes, the car, it was just terrible. Wow, that's crazy. I mm, <laughs> it's crazy reliving those moments. You be like, damn, I was a dumb bitch, really dumb, like real dumb. Ugh. And like, yeah, it, I, I don't think it would have changed anything though because I needed to experience those things. Oh, for definitely, me to really get an understanding of like where I am now because. I think if I didn't experience that, I would still allow myself to get played. And I'm so happy that I kind of know everything. Like, I, and you're right. It's like, you have to kind of trust your intuition. What your gut is telling you, like, something doesn't feel right. I say kind of just feel it out because it's usually right. Yeah. So we should get to the third okay. one. <clears throat> the third love is the unconditional love. Um, and this one happens when you least expect it, probably because we're blinded from what happened in the first and the second love. We're just like, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) And we kind of have learned what we will and will not put up with. Uh, we know the red flags and know not to ignore them this time. Mm -hmm. And we kind of also understand that no one is perfect and we have to accept their flaws. And even if they're not where you're at, just just see where it goes. Yeah. You kind of like, you have to let it blossom. Do you feel like you at that point now? <laughs> yeah. Okay. It took a while. It took a while. I 
I was really closed off after the second mm-hmm. love. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I I think I had stopped dating. Well, actually, I had like a few more relationships after that, but they were so bad. Like everything after that was just terrible. I was not having any luck in the romance department. And I finally got to a point where I was like, I'm done. I'm not dating anyone else. I might entertain a man or two, you know, when I'm getting a little lonely at night. But for the most part, I'm going to keep my handy dandy vibrator on standby because they're all a disappointment. Even when they try to hit the buttons, they're not hitting the right ones. Mm. So Wow. Which, which before we get to, because I already know who you're going to talk about. Is yeah. Your, your, your love, the one that you met. I, I will say my, yes. my, my downtime where I was like, I was done from dating ever uh, before I met Justin was like I was like I wasn't okay one I never had a horse stage I wish I did can't say the same (laughs) I never had a horse stage but I wish I did but what I did do was I was messy at one point in my life in between transitioning was like I was closed off I'd given this guy a chance he really fucked me over um and after Frankie I wasn't really seriously talking to anybody I was kind of closed off and then I remember in between it was like a short little window in between all of that or was it before Frankie no, it was it was after Frankie. Timelines. I can't messy. remember. Yeah, timelines are messy. <laughs> but regardless, um, alternate universe is trying to get them together. So <laughs> what ended up happening was I was talking to I wasn't talking to I was this guy that I knew through my friend Walter and Sherelle. He was always talking about sleeping with different guys. He was always talking about and I'm just and like he told them he was into me or attracted to me. But I was just like, first of all, every time we hang out and you get drunk, you always talk about how you sleep with so many different guys. Why do you think that's going to make me want to be with you? Like, you're literally out here being a whore, and all you talk about is, oh, I fucked this guy, I do this with this guy, I gave him a blowjob, oh, I know him. I'm just like, that's not cute. That wasn't cute to me. Like, I'm sorry, that's just not attractive to me. And then, anyway, I met this little redhead guy who was young, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to talk to me. I was like, oh, you too young, I don't really date young guys. (laughs) Long story short, I ended up, like, talking to both of them at the same time. Like, me and Danny hooked up because I was drunk one night, and then he was drunk, and we was at his place, and everybody else was at another guy's apartment drinking and having fun, and me and Danny went to his place because we wanted to get something, and then he, like, made a move on me and kissed me, and then we ended up having sex in mm-hmm. his bed, and then afterwards, the crazy the part that turned me off, right, because I was, he was just like, we could be together, such and such and so, like, he was telling me these sweet little nothings, mm-hmm. and I'm already the type of dude that's just like, look, you gotta tell me sweet little nothing. If you wanna have sex, then just be honest. Don't yeah. you don't I gotta mean, play the. You that's know, how you trap them. But you don't got you don't have to play no fucking games with me. Just be honest. So long story short, he ended up going back telling everybody mm. that I gave him head. Oh lord! But he didn't tell him the whole story because mm-hmm. he gave me head too, and we had sex. <laughs> but all he wanted to do was make himself look good. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, Sherman gave me head, and I'm just like. And when Mr. Walter Sherrill told me, some other people told me when we was drinking and partying together, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh, Danny walked into Let's the party. air the dirty laundry. <laughs> Danny walked into the party, and you know what I said? I was like, oh, no, Danny, Danny, Danny. So you telling everybody that I gave you head? And you know what he told me? No, he told me, oh, no, we, you know, we had our little thing. I was like, but did you give me, did I give you head? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you gave me head. And I was like, and you gave me head. And he was like, yeah, we, we had our little sexual encounter. I was like, yeah, but did you tell him you lasted like all of five minutes? <laughs> I mean, we're going to be honest. We adults. Yeah. I was like, I, I was like, you know, and then we went outside and started talking because Walter Sherman was like, don't do that right here, Sherman. Don't do that. So we went outside and then he was just like, you didn't have to do that. And I was like, but you started it. 
what we had between us in that moment, I don't go back around and talk about my sex. Like, mm-hmm. that's your thing. I should have known better. You acting like you was different and, you know, mm-hmm. you've always been into me telling me all this stuff. Why would you waste my time? And then anyway, long story short, he was like, well, we could work on it. We could work on it. And I was like, all right. I started entertaining a little redhead guy. And then what? I got messy because I invited Steven over to the house and Danny lived right around the corner. So Danny showed up at the house while me and Steven, it was like this weird little altercation. They didn't get in a fight, but it was just kind of like eyeing each other. Danny said something smart. Steven said something smart. And Walter Jarrell's like, sure, man. That's awkward. It's time for you to go. Like, <laughs> no. y'all, this is getting real crazy. And I was just like, huh. I think that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. All right, Steven, let's go. And I like, I was, I was done with Danny at the point when he told people that I had did all this stuff to him. Like, I don't care that you told him, but don't tell him a half truth to make yourself look mm-hmm. good. If you're a five minute man, you're a five minute man. Sorry, Stand I'm just that, sorry, I'm that good at what I do. Or either you just you know, not as great as you think you are. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we're going back to the whole, like, <laughs> I got off the rant. It's okay. I'm sorry, but go ahead. So you got to add to the story, the flip. The guy, the guy, the, that love. Yes, the one love. Yeah. I mean, it didn't start, like, it wasn't instantaneous. I mean, I saw his photo. I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. Look a little, not my type. I mean, mm-hmm. my type was very clean shaven, short hair, like, like more broad body I just, I just had a vision for myself and I was mm-hmm. like I just noticed the man I'm going to end up with but I saw him and I was like he looked kind of cute let's just see what happened it was on tinder you know I swipe right I'd be doing that my fingers was getting workouts back then uh, <laughs> sorry that sounded so dirty <laughs> but yeah no I, I swipe right and then I think he messaged me first said some weird shit and I was like I like this this is different it's not the what you doing can I come over I was like, give me something original. Yeah. He did that. And it piqued my interest enough to agree to go out with him. Did that. And I liked it. It was very nice. I, like I said, I was not expecting that. Um, and I just think that things kind of went more quickly than I was used to. Because with my past relationships, it was always me chasing. I'm like, I love the chase. And I've always said that with my relationships i like to chase the dudes it makes makes my heart go fast or something Mm. and the experience of someone chasing me that was so different i'm like what the hell (laughs) i feel like i'm getting trapped and this is a trick i i mean i was just like usually with a guy i've never really had a dude's passcode because Mm. i felt they were always being secretive it was like no you can't look in here this is mine privacy blah 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 and so i was so used to that and then with armin he was like yeah, here's my phone in the passcode. Can you send a message to this person? I'm like, you telling me willingly? <laughs> I mean, I'll look, but yeah. for real? But in that moment, I told him, I was like, I'm sorry, but I don't feel comfortable giving you my passcode because I'm so used to being like closed off and never having to do that. I'm like, yeah. is he going to get mad with what he sees? Because I, I, I'm a receipts girl. I've kept every single freaking message that people have sent me. So anybody listening, if you try to come back into my life, I have all of the mean shit you've ever said to me screenshotted on my phone. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because when I first met Amaya and Armin and I started snapping, <laughs> I just started saving every fucking Hell yeah. Time. 
And I'm like, why are they saving my snaps? This is supposed to be a one and done thing. No. I didn't say nothing inappropriate, but mm-hmm. they were saving everything. And every time I go through our chat, every time I send Amaya a message, I was like, she gonna save that shit. And as soon as I do say, I'm like, why is she saving my Because no one's gonna lie on me and said say I said something that I yeah. didn't say. I think that if you have you have the balls to say something to me, mm-hmm. stand on it. Yeah. Keep that. Say it with your whole fucking chest because I've had people send me some mean ass shit and then come back around like, hey, we're still friends, right? No, fuck you. And fuck your feelings kind of at this point because you didn't care about mine. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a receipts queen. Um, So I was just worried that once he saw all of my receipts and they, they get kind of real XX <laughs> rated. Um, that he was going to run away, but we eventually got to the point where I was open enough to let him go through my entire phone. It was, it was a fun day. I mean, there was stuff in there. I didn't even remember that I had, but I went through his, even though it was half in German, I'm scanning every single message. Like, what does this mean? But I mean, I don't know. Some people say that's unhealthy, but I think it kind of made trust in us. And I think it kind of held me accountable so that I wouldn't like go back or do anything because i'm like he'll see it and now i'm got to the point where i'm like you can go through my whole phone there ain't nothing in there yeah no i, I get that so you you're with the love of your life though, yes apparently. hopefully i mean hopefully. unless he leaves me then he's oh, just God. gonna be the second love now <laughs> well i mean i i'm not gonna go into deep detail about my scenario but like i the relationship after uh, like you said, you don't look for it and it just kind of comes. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't... Okay, first of all, I was looking, but I was not looking, right? Like, I wasn't looking for anything serious. Yeah. And I just remember getting on a dating app. I was on... Uh, dang it, I can't remember the does name. Does it not exist like, anymore? Like, fuck you, it does exist. It's still out there. Okay. I just don't remember the name of it. But we talked mm-hmm. on an app and... Um, I remember ex- I was drunk. It was New Year's 2013. And I remember I, I was drunk. Shut up. I was still in No, I don't even hear about where the fuck you were in 2013. <laughs> That's on you, not me. So, like I'm a baby. Okay, yeah, you were still in the womb. <laughs> Not yet. No, not that young. Lord, I, I was I was just young. I don't I don't even think I had experienced my first love by that point. Okay, well, long, what? Anyway, I remember um, I extended. I was drunk one night and I went on a dating app. And I only went to like 15, 20 miles. Well, I ain't traveling mm-hmm. no with no man no more because I had just traveled exactly. six hours and I was like, Hell I'm not no. going that again. Long story short, I went on the app. I expanded it to like five hundred miles. I was drunk. It was New Year's mm. Eve. And I would start looking through profiles and I was messaging guys that I thought. And I came across this one profile. This guy had filled out every, when I say every category, every category. Like paragraph that. long information. Multiple photos. I was like, either he is the most dedicated catfish I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like, he, he was, he had stories on mm-hmm. his profile. Like, I was like, he is really crazy and he gonna kill me if he No, I think that's good. It I hate when good. dudes have like one line. But what yeah, that's true. supposed to tell me? But it was good. He had a whole thing. I resp- I messaged his profile. I was like, in the morning, I was like, I'm going to delete this, and I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life. I'm happy with mm-hmm. that. Like, focus on my career and just be rich and sad. I'm fine with it. As long as I'm riding my car in my house, I'm good. Yeah. He messaged me the next day, 
And then we started messaging back and forth. And it was unexpected because this person was into me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't used to guys, like, giving me their full attention and super being yes. me. I always felt like in relationships, I was always the one that was head over heels with that mm-hmm. person. I, like, I wasn't clingy. I was just like, I like you. I want to be around you. And when you find and it's not many people that I like that I want to be around. Exactly. So when I find somebody that I like and I want to be around and I want to be around them. So we spent... We first of all was he lived in Greensboro, North Carolina, so it was like three, it was like two and a half hours away. Started traveling after you said you wasn't going to. See, first of all, I didn't travel immediately. We talked Mm -hmm. for a while. I added him on Facebook. He added me. We stalked each other, and then I was like, "You can't be real." Facetime. He was real. I was like, "Okay, this something has to be wrong. Something has to be wrong." And then I remember being like, "I gotta come meet you." I'm the type of bitch. I'm not going to entertain no man for no long time. I ain't never met you. Like, these people, they'd be like, oh, I'm going to talk to you for five months, six months. I ain't never seen them or we ain't never met and hung out. But I love him. Like, fuck that. Love ain't attached until I meet you in person and I know we can kiki and get along together, Mm -hmm. right? Because the energy is different when you're on texting through Mm face-to-face. Two different things. And we got together and I remember driving, driving, getting off work, driving two and a half hours to his apartment. I parked outside and he's like, oh, I'm coming out. And I'm like, where he at? Where he at? I don't see him. What the fuck going on? Like, I'm about to get robbed. I don't know what was happening. (laughs) Probably. You know, some people be dedicated to robbing you for a car. It's about Mm -hmm. 10 grand. So, you know, anyway... He came out. I was like, oh, my God, he real. And then we hugged. And then we went to dinner. And then he lied to me at dinner. <laughs> he literally was like, we got to the <laughs> Italian restaurant. And he was just like, oh, I know every, this whole family, this whole restaurant is on my family. And I know all of them. Her name is such and such and so. Sitting there, I'm taking all this information in. The waitress mm-hmm. comes over that he was talking about he knew and gave me her name. She looked at me and I was like, oh, my God. Me being a dumb bitch, I didn't read her name tag. I just spoke to her. I was like, oh, my God, Amanda, I heard so much about you. And she looked at me like who's Amanda? And I, and I was like, I was like, well, he told me and I looked at him and he laughing. Like, first date, you lie to me <laughs> about everything. And instead of me being scared, I was intrigued. I, was I mean, like, they oh, gotta get you. Me. I was like, oh, he lied to me. And he knew he was gonna get caught. So that's an interesting way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I entertained it. We went back to the house. We fell asleep on the couch. Um, I wasn't planning on spending the night, but we ended up watching TV and laying there and then mm-hmm. I fell asleep. And then, like, I don't know. It was weird. Like, it was an L-shaped couch. So, when we fell asleep, he was on his end and I was on his end. Mm-hmm. And, like, when we fell asleep, our hands kind of, like, yeah. locked or whatever. And, like, I was I was smitten. He was just so different. Like, he was honest. Mm-hmm. He was always truthful. He was always, like, just in your face about, I don't like this. I do like that. It was... It, it felt like for the first time in my life, I was dating somebody that knew what they wanted. Yes. And I was it. And I was like, damn, like you're established, you got a job, you got a career, you already graduated, like you're really good at managing money, like you have full lips for a white guy, like, you know, you look like Clark Clark Kent, you got glasses, you got good hair, you take care of yourself, like, you know, you have Christian values. I was just like, oh my God, this is the guy that like this is crazy and we were inseparable like we missed each other when we were away and then Mm -hmm. when we got together we were like inseparable and like he went to like he met my family like and none of my boyfriends prior to ever met any of my family i mean well james came to my house one time but like my family was just like oh he ugly (laughs) (laughs) your family will always tell you the truth they will they were just like oh he is not cute he is not cute and I was just like stop I was like but he's cute to me and my sister (laughs) my sister pulled me to the side she was like 
I don't know what's wrong with you, but you gotta get it together. Oh my god. My best friend told me my second love that he looked like a cartoon character. I was like, why the fuck would you say that to me? And it was an ugly. It was like Stanley, the cartoon character. I was oh like, why god. the fuck would you say that to me? Yeah. But then I remember when they met Armin, my god's brother, he was like, ooh. <laughs> He looks good. I'm surprised that you picked him. I'm like, stop trying to say my men are ugly. <laughs> I don't know what any of your previous men look like, but when I saw Armin, I was like, okay, Armin is attractive. Yes. And for, first of all, all the German men I've seen in German movies were not attractive. Yeah, they're not so, usually. You know, I was like, oh, Germany can produce some really attractive men. I mean, listen, I'm not shallow. Yeah. I'm just saying media portray certain things mm-hmm. and that's the only knowledge I had of what German that's fair like. I'm sure so. they only had a slight view of what black people yeah, look like and he just here he's like baggy pants robbing the grocery stores <laughs> just saying yes it's, it's, it's possible you know, the expectations is different but that's cute that's a very neat cute story yeah like. and I mean I think I think when I think being with Justin when like at that moment and when the beginning of the relationship, then when we were together and when we are like together, it was mm-hmm. just kind of like, hey, it felt it felt easy. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was a challenge. Like we both understood that life was already hard, working, paying bills, doing all this other stuff. You just didn't want drama in a relationship. Yeah. You just didn't care. All you wanted to do was like, I want my person that I can come to after I get off work mm-hmm. and I can cuddle and that I can kiss. And we can watch the same TV shows and laugh and have yep. good conversation. Like, like I, I, at the point, like, having that with him was like, oh, my God, this is like a breath of fresh air. We're not mm-hmm. arguing. You're not jumping out of my car and taking your stuff out. <laughs> I'm driving off the street. You're not fucking sleeping with or lying to me about who you're sleeping with. You know, mm-hmm. like, that was like, it was a breath of fresh air. And it made me feel like I had met someone who was mature, intelligent. Mm-hmm. Someone who just was, they wore everything on their sleeve. Like, yeah. their heart was on their sleeve. There was no hitting doors. There was mm-hmm. no part of their personality he was hiding from me. It was just like, listen, this, this is, me. is me. And I'm yeah. open. And yeah. you can see it all. Yeah. That's how I felt, too. It was very much like, here's everything all at once. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just have to kind of absorb it and take yeah. it in. But it's just a contrast from what we've experienced before and you just kind of have and to go through it. And it feels kind of surreal. Like you're waiting for the shoe to drop. You're like, oh my god, Something's going to happen. Something's going to like, it's going to happen and then it's going to like destroy me or I'm just going to turn into a murderer and I'm going to kill you because Honestly. you wasted my time. Like, right? <laughs> like, you were everything everybody else weren't and then you end up being what everybody else was. Yep. So we just going to nip this in the bud and I'm going to go to prison because I'm tired. <laughs> Like, I'll be taking care of for the rest of my life. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I got to pay taxes. You know, you, I mean, I got to bring up something. some good points, but. <laughs> but I don't know about getting raped. It's not really my thing. Yeah, no, I know, no, I, no. A lot of people that I've talked to that's been in prison that said that it's not really that. Uh, depending on where you, system you're in. But anyway, we're not going into that conversation. No. <laughs> we're going to just say, like, it is getting close to the hour mark. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do a deeper dive into the final part. Maybe yeah. do a second podcast. Because I feel like that would be. A really big deeper dive talking about like because you know you're married and just figuring out where we are now because it's been years or months mm-hmm. that you've been together or we've been together and <laughs> just to have those conversations about stories within a relationship that you can talk about yeah. and why that person is still your person after you mm-hmm. know certain things have happened or suspicious things have happened and, my, and sometimes things that happen in a relationship aren't always malicious yeah. and I think us coming from relationships where people have always done malicious things that 
even though when someone does something that's not necessarily on purpose, it's a mistake or it's a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. we go to the point of like, oh, you're just trying to mm-hmm. fuck me over. We're seeing red flags where they're not yeah. necessarily red. Mm-hmm. They're they're yellow. Yeah. They're like, hmm, yeah. I should take this into consideration. But they're not necessarily coming in with like the big yeah. red flags. And so it just kind of depends on how you interpret it, which really does change things mm-hmm. in I'm not going to get into it because it'll get too deep, but yes. We'll get to that, and I'm just going to say thank you guys for listening to this podcast. If you like it, if you have three loves that you can just pinpoint and just think about, like, oh, who was that first person that drove Mm -hmm. me crazy and made me crazy happy, and, like, I was, like, head over heels for them, but then when we broke up, it was, like, this deep depression. To the second person where you was, like, you knew yourself a little bit more, you kind of knew it wasn't a good scenario, but at the same time, you were willing to go in there and just see where it went, but you knew it was going to end badly because the flags were just there. Yeah. So, and then the final person that maybe you haven't met that person yet. Maybe you feel like you are with that person and they give you that feeling. Sometimes you just got to drag it out and figure out what it is you want. You Mm -hmm. see what I did there? Yes, I did. did. (laughs) So, but anyway, thank you guys for listening and we will have another podcast before Maya moves to Germany for sure. Yes, we will.